What's up, you guys? Happy Sunday, and welcome back to the Brunch with Des B podcast. I'm your host, Des, also known as Des B, and this is your favorite start to the week. Um, guys, as you know, the past few weeks, we've had some really great episodes. We've had some fun. We've spilled some tea. We've had some laughs. But lately, the life in America, the life in general is not laughable. Um, I want to be very, very emotional and raw with you guys. Um, you know, the next few episodes I had planned simply just don't fit the fucking cards right now. Um, we need to be respectful of that. So for the next coming episodes, I'm really excited to be sharing different stories um, from different people in the black community, amplifying their voices, giving them passing the mic um, and really understanding what has gone on in years and years of oppression, um, as well as just injustice in America right now. So um, I'm very excited today. Make sure if you haven't already, you know, rate this podcast, give it a five star, drop a little comment, um, leave some support. Obviously, I make no money off these podcasts. I just want to disclaim that as well. Um, this is very much for you guys right now to educate, um, as well as me educate myself. So with all that energy in the room given out. I'm so excited to have my friend Libby here today, um, who is, she will explain who she is, et cetera. Libby, if you want to say hi. <laughs> I know it can, be, it can be awkward. You're just like twiddling your thumbs until you can speak. <laughs> I literally am twiddling right now. It's hilarious. So Libby has a lot to say today. Um, I'm really excited. We're just going to have some natural conversation um, and really talk about just, you know, how she grew up, what it's like, um, you know, sharing her story, how she has felt maybe even just within the past week and venturing on to wherever the conversation takes us. As you guys know, this is raw. This is fun. Um, this is not something we want to plan out on a piece of paper. This is just going to be fun living room conversations. Um, so again, I will hand the mic over to Libby, but I hope that you guys really enjoy this episode and let's get into the podcast. Hello. Hello, Libby. I have the megaphone. You have the fucking <laughs> megaphone right now. So number one, I didn't tell you this before, but if you have choice words to say, we are a choice-free podcast. So whatever whatever word comes out of your mouth, we don't we don't care here. We are explicit and we're okay with Wonderful. that. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to hand you the mic. I almost want this to be your podcast today. Um, you know, I, I mean, oh <laughs> don't worry, I'll st- <laughs> I got your back. Um, but go ahead and just you know share with my audience here on podcast just who you are. Um, maybe how we met, how we, you know, got to talking, blah, blah, blah. Um, and just kind of share a little bit of that. This is a podcast. So say however long you want, do what you want. <laughs> All right. Well, hello, everybody. My name is Libby Christensen. Um, I am a black influencer. I just recently quit my job actually to pursue social media full time, which is awesome. And I'm really happy to do that. And with that, Wow, what a job it is to influence. <laughs> um, I am currently a, I'm an athlete for Gymshark, and also I'm sponsored by Alani Nutrition, <laughs> along with Des, which is kind of how we met. I followed her for a long time, watched her stories, they're a good time, <laughs> and I just feel like I related to her, and we kind of have just grown closer and closer over time, relating on so many things and sharing the same opinions sharing our thoughts and whatnot and i'm really really proud of you for where you've taken your platform 
honestly, like I know so many times people are afraid to say certain things and you are someone who does not give a fuck. <laughs> like I commend you for that. It's so admirable to like follow somebody who voices anything and shares everything. Oh, thanks, Libby. Yeah. Oh, you're so sweet. I'm, yeah. I'm excited to have you on here because, yes, we've talked before. Yes, we've exchanged DMs. Um, yes, we support each other. Um, but almost how can we do that even more, you know? And I think to have right. these conversations, even just um, – as friends, you know, I, I, it's so powerful and something you don't really think about like, Hey, I've had this friend on social media. Like, how can I really get to know him more? You know? So, um, I think what a time to like also yeah. come together, um, and just kind of share. So wh- where are you from? What did you do before quote unquote social media? Um, you know, how, where, <laughs> where were you born and raised? So I was born in Lawrence, Kansas, actually, which is where I currently Yeehaw. live. Um, because I I attend the University of Kansas, but I do all of my school okay. online. Um, I was raised with my twin okay. sister. We are both black I love babies. That. And we were adopted when we were three days old by our okay. parents, who happened to both be wow. white. Um, I never realized that <laughs> that was such mm-hmm. a thing until I right. grew up, which is a blessing. And it is also Absolutely. a curse. But um, when I was like eight or nine, my parents split up. And my dad's company moved him across the country multiple times. And my sister and I, we, wow, I don't think I've talked about this. Yeah, I'm like, holy shit. This is a huge part of my life. Let's go. Let's go. What an introduction. (laughs) So, my sister and I, we were adopted because our biological mother, um, she abused substances and she was an alcoholic when she was pregnant with us. And she, got her rights to us revoked as soon as we were born. So we were put up for adoption and it's crazy because I've said that my entire life, but just the impact that that has had on me is so Mm -hmm. crazy that my parents, regardless, like talking about race and the time right now, I just, I can't believe my parents had such an open Mm -hmm. heart. And I said on my story the other day, like I wish other people had my parents who had such like they were so progressive okay, yeah. in nineteen ninety eight, you know? Yeah. I it's mean to crazy. think about that year too. <laughs> not that it was that far ago, but I mean, dude, shit like I mean, not that we still have a long fucking way to go. But to right, but to right. also think about the small progressions we've tried to make since that year. Um, or, you know, back then, yeah. um, that's still very powerful for, to think of them being in that position. So did you know them? Like, did your family know them or was it just an open adoption? So since we were literally three days old, my parents went to, I think the hospital and they, they were, I believe going to go get another baby who was not able to be picked uh-huh. up that day. And, um, they, had passed by us and we were on, we were going through cocaine withdrawal, alcohol withdrawal, every single thing that you can imagine. I've talked to my mom about this countless times. My mom says that watching her two babies tremble and shake uncontrollably where you cannot console a child has been the hardest thing that she's ever had to witness and see in her life. And I'm just, I can't even imagine that. But they said that when they passed by us, they just knew that we were theirs. Like they would not leave wherever they were without us because they knew we were their kids. So time went on and we were 
legally adopted. They had fostered us that entire mm-hmm. time. And I think we were obviously the first um, children that they okay. had fostered. Um, and then they chose to legally adopt us on October 30th of 1998. I believe we were 10 months old. And since then, they have been my parents. Um, but it's weird because I live in Lawrence, Kansas, where mm-hmm. I was born. And this entire time, I had never lived here before I came to the college okay. that I'm at. Um, and I met my biological family and parents who are mm-hmm. not together. Um, when I was, I think, 17, okay. my ex-boyfriend, he thought it would be a surprise to drive me up to Lawrence. And I only had family okay. in Kansas City, which is about an hour away from here. And I had told him about my birth family, right. obviously. He felt in his heart <gasps> that it was it was right and legal to reach out to my biological oh, mom wow. on Facebook. And he planned this whole trip where he said, we're going to go to Oklahoma. We're going to go see okay. my mom. I was like, okay. I fall asleep in the car and I wake up and start seeing exits to Kansas City. And I'm like, you don't know my mm-hmm. aunt and uncle. I don't know why we're up here. The only reason we would ever be here is because my birth okay. mom was here. So we pull up <gasps> to her <Bitch>. house. <laughs> Des. Des. I had not spoken to this woman in my entire life. <gasps> and for me to just show up at her house when I did not say, right, like, right. I'm ready for this because of someone else's discretion, I was taken <gasps> aback. Nonetheless, we ended up staying the weekend at her oh, house. It okay, was cool. Okay. She had pictures. She had pictures of my sister and I. My parents had right. renamed us because she had tried to come after us when we were younger. Pictures all over the house. My parents had cut off our names so she couldn't okay. come try to get us. Um, but it was it was a cool experience to learn where some of my mannerisms right. came from and to see the person right. that I came from. But it just it it also hurt me so much to meet the person that kind of yeah, destroyed my yeah. life. <laughs> like it was powerful to witness. And it, it was weird because we were sitting on the couch and she was telling me about herself. And I've known that I'm a crack baby my right. entire life. Like I will proudly say that because I have overcome absolutely everything that has been Love put that. in my place. But with, with the conversation that we had, she just felt that she wanted to share all kinds of stuff. And I think that people just don't have a filter sometimes. And she said, Oh yeah. Four days before you girls were born, one of my friends brought over a crack rock and a six pack. And I'm like, Oh, nice. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you for that. So I don't doubt that she was using her entire pregnancy, but to hear her just admit like openly and actually like with glee, I smoked a crack rock. Four days before oh you guys God. were born, like you have to oh laugh. Oh my at God! That I mean, because it's like, are these people okay? Are you all right? That's insane. <laughs> I mean, being pregnant right now, I'm just like, what the fuck? <laughs> exactly. Like, could you I couldn't imagine. I couldn't even imagine actually taking a sip of alcohol. Like, I would just feel, I would feel exactly. bad. So, but I could, you know, that's, that's addiction, and it's and it's do. ugly, and it's, it's a, a disease. disease. Absolutely, it is. Wow. So backing it up yeah. did you guys break up <laughs> yes I gotta he know was, I I will say this here he was the most abusive oh my God. physically Libby. emotionally abusive person I've ever met in my life our breakup I have not spoken to him let me I don't care I will put this out there the last time that I saw this guy he we were together for like two and a half years I will happily say that I was stuck in that relationship because when you're in an abusive it's relationship a power- 
you have yeah. ties to it and you feel like you are inclined 100%. to not leave. And even when you do leave, shit still happens. And when I told him I want to break up with you, I did it over text because I was at my community college and he was not okay with that. He wasn't satisfied with it. And he came up oh. the next day. He was on the phone with my twin sister, which they never talked. It was weird already. <laughs> Talking to my twin sister on the phone, like, as if we were just chilling together, which we weren't. I was laying on my extra long twin bed Respect. On, in my dorm. And <laughs> yeah, literally, like, you don't understand. And he he came into the dorm because during, like, the daytime, oh, the no. doors are open. But at night, they, they lock at a certain time. So anybody can enter because right. there's an office in there and there's people working. So he comes at 2.30 when all of the football players that I was friends with were at practice. Shit. Nobody could have done anything about this. He comes and he is like, so you want to break up with me? I said, yes, I said that. And he, I had been on the phone with my sister after that. And he walks in behind me. I'm laying on my stomach facing the window. So the door is behind me. He walks in and I'm just like so confused. I'm <laughs> like, like what how did you fuck? like teleport here? What's going on, honestly? And uh, I was on the phone on FaceTime with my sister. And he says, Myri, we'll talk to you later. Grabs my phone, hangs up on her, and he just goes at it. So you want to break up with me? Yes. I said this yesterday, sir. Why are you here? And then we just go back and forth like, I'm not happy. Right. I don't want to be with you. I said this before. You don't have to come here in person. And he just got so furious that he grabbed me by my neck. And I was standing like in the doorway because obviously right. we were yelling. And I was like, trying to make it help home, like, you know uh, there's yeah. things happening right now and us girls always would have our doors open so we could just pop in and say hi there was a girl named Aaliyah who when I since I was in middle school I was racing her in track but she went to a different school all that time but she ended up going to the same community college as me she heard what was going on and peeped God her little bless. head out <laughs> cutest little thing ever and I'm standing in like the doorway there is a security camera right above my door and he is just yelling at me and eventually he grabbed me by the neck and swung me back into the room. I slid across the ground and I'm just in tears bawling. She, I've never seen so much power come from a small person in my life. She goes off. Like going crazy. And I'm just like oh my on the gosh. ground sobbing. She had just had surgery on her foot because she like tore a ligament or something. She had to get screws in her foot and she's already hobbling around. He is so shocked that he runs out. She chases him Hell down yeah. the stairs and he drives away. And I never saw him again in my life. And then time after that, he felt obligated to start sending me, you know, on iMessage. Oh, uh, you can send like uh, iTunes or Apple Music. He would send me fucking music that Hell we used no. to listen to together. And I don't have time for that shit. I'm not so, streaming yeah. that. Oh, my gosh. None of it. So you None been, of it. I mean, to unpack this. This is just I like five minutes I love into this, this bro. shit. I love this. And this is why it's... I love oh, well, telling my story because I'm so oh, fucking proud of where I come from. Oh, and fucking should be. And that's why, goddamn, I'm, I'm even more happy that you're on here right now um, for people to listen. Even, I mean, this covers being adopted, um, being black, raised in a community of even whites, I would assume, um, with your predominantly white. Predominantly white. My sister and I were the only the, black Then we're going to talk about years. being in an abusive relationship. Um, as well as having a, a mother who was abusive of substance. I mean, shit, this is powerful. So let's let me yeah. back it up for just one hot second so we can kind of <laughs> Yeah, oh no, you're good. Let's I know tackle I this so one much. at a time. We're we're going through 
literal cocaine and probably fetal alcohol syndrome withdrawals. Yes, that's exactly what I was going to say. We have fetal alcohol syndrome, and I know that uh-huh. sometimes it presents differently, but we are both heavily affected by it. My sister, there are sometimes facial deformities, which when she was little, she had okay. them much more severely. Um, but she's kind of grown out of it, but you can see. I'm not telling you to <laughs> like, go examine we won't my drop sister her at, we won't because drop she's her a at. beautiful ass girl. <laughs> like, <laughs> she's a beautiful, beautiful girl, but it's crazy yeah. how the things that people, the decisions that they make, how they bro it's like watering a plant yeah even born literally and we we went through so much schooling my mom was so avid about making sure her children did not Mm -hmm. grow up to be a statistic of kids uh that are black or statistic of kids that had fetal alcohol syndrome or crack babies that don't make it out of that cycle and she just she was a special ed parent for years and years And I cannot explain to you the amount of time that my mom put in to taking us to doctors and therapists and all kinds of stuff to make sure that we got to live our life to the Mm. fullest and to make us feel normal. Like I, I don't feel like I'm a crack baby because unfortunately they, they filter things to make it seem like crack babies are so unstable. Like, yeah, I'm sometimes (laughs) mentally unstable. I agree. But I, I am a living proof fact that you can really outdo what circumstances you are so your so your mom is obviously like basically mother Teresa from another life love love that yes so you have so here you are two black twins put in a home with two white parents tell me how that was growing up in a predominantly white family then who, you know, were your parents just the only ones with open hearts in your family? Were you lucky to then have supportive family extended? Um, How was that experience? Because that's that, bro, that's crazy. I love that. (laughs) Let's go. (laughs) It is. So my parents, I didn't realize that racism Mm -hmm. existed. I did not realize. I know people are talking about, I don't see color, but I truly, I did not see myself as being darker than my parents until I was older and when I experience things in people would, would you point things out w- to me because I am would you say that that started gone. in school okay <laughs> you're good did, did that start in school was that um, the age I'm just curious okay okay so yes. here we are just getting a background yes because we were the only black kids maybe one other <laughs> hey, his name is Justin miss him the only black kids okay. in our entire okay. district until I want to say like okay. sixth grade, maybe. And then there were other people of color. But I mean, I am so thankful that I grew up in a white community because it is proven that white schools mm-hmm. are better than black schools mm-hmm. and there is better education. And I'm very thankful for that. But I'm also, I think of how it would have been if I mm-hmm. grew up in a different environment mm-hmm. all the time. It's insane to me. But I do think that it starts first at home where your parents make you feel comfortable and they don't treat you like you look different than them whatsoever. You are a functioning Mm -hmm. human being just like them. And there, I just, I can't get over the fact that people in the world try to push this narrative that you can't come from Mm -hmm. people that don't look like you just because we are not blood does not mean hundred percent. So what was it like, um, 
going through and I'm just putting things out there in perspective of people being in school, Mm -hmm. you know, going to um, maybe like field trips where your parents were with you. What was the age that you felt maybe people looked at you and were kind of almost looking for your parents, right? Putting it, assuming, assuming you had black parents. What, what was that feeling like? Did you ever get asked that? Like, I'm just curious when that age began. Oh my gosh. Ever since I can remember when people asked me what my background was and pe- kids asked that. Yeah, when you're 100%. Little, like, what are you? You're like, I don't know. Fuck. I'm like, a you girl? Like, bitch? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> like literally. Yeah, a girl. Um, but they ask you, what are you? And right. my sister and I, we are mixed. We're black and white. So people would say, oh, okay, you're mixed. Which one of your um, parents is black? Neither right. of them. What the fuck do you mean? And I would have to ex- explain. I was adopted when I was three days old. Mm-hmm. My parents are both white. My birth parents, my birth biological father is black mm-hmm. and my biological mother is white. And it was just this yeah. consecutive like step. I would just have to go back around and right, just say right. to every single person every single time, mm-hmm. which was so tiring. So for as long as I can remember, I've it felt like mm-hmm. I've had to justify myself. Not to even say like, Oh, my parents like are white. Or when people ask me what my ethnicity is, I'm black and white. But why do you ask them yeah. which parent is white? <laughs> that is, is such a, a child question. And I pray <laughs> to God I'm saying that. I'm praying to God that that's right. a child question. You know what I'm saying? Like if people are still asking that, <laughs> being older, right. like you've got me a little fucked up. Come on. Um, so I totally get that. When in school, okay, so we're kind of going through this timeline. We've been with our family. Um, we're now kind of in school. How was the rest of your family, like your aunts and your uncles and your grandparents, like were they very present then and accepting as well? Okay. I want to say yes. Um, a lot of my family that I was close to, my mom's, well, okay, this is another tangent, but my mom was also adopted when she was four years old because um her biological parents oh committed suicide murder and friends of her parents yep which are my grandparents now they they adopted okay. my mom who was an orphan and they also have adopted before okay. but no one of color so i have an uncle who was adopted um he's white obviously everybody in okay. my family is besides my sister and i um my mom was adopted and my aunt who she was also adopted and she has my cousin Cadison, who is like literally my best friend. We are a year okay. and 10 months apart. Exactly. My sister Cadison and I, and we grew up predominantly by ourselves because okay. we lived in Wichita and my family um, lived in Lewisburg okay. in Kansas city area. And that's where my mom had grown up. So it wasn't a mm-hmm. lot of like weekends with your family or anything like that. So growing up, I really spent a lot of time, with right, my right. friends' families. I've spent holidays with my friends' family, not because I didn't want to be with mine, but because also my mom has been sick her entire life. She has a plethora of okay. different diseases and illnesses that impair her every single day that didn't happen okay. until I was five years old, till all that happened. So my entire like infancy, she was very productive mm-hmm. and she did everything she could. And she just was struck with all of these things that just piled up and added on to one another so it wasn't a lot of me being at okay uh, family functions it was more me kind of seeking family from my friends and thankfully 
although my family or my my friends were uh-huh. white, that didn't change anything. They were so welcoming and their families awesome. didn't see me as anything else. But even in my friend group, mm-hmm, I was still mm-hmm. the only black. So one. you say that, yes, they accepted you. We're, we're now going into, let's say, middle school where I'm assuming you mm-hmm. you enter a middle school, right? So we're going from elementary to middle school. Did things shift and change throughout different ages of your life, though, as well? Okay. Yes. I really just pictured like blocks that you yeah. move and you kind of like change the angles of them, like as different okay. stones of life. When I got to middle school, I mean, I, I attended Correct, school with right? the same people. I was a 13 year senior. So from the time I was a child, a little baby to the time that I graduated, I was okay. in the same class of people. And I think that also because I didn't move around mm-hmm. and I didn't have to meet new people. The community that I did grow up in, they knew who I was. We all knew who each other were. And I didn't feel excluded. It just felt like there was no one else like me. And that's what one of my major things with social media is, is that I grew up in a place and (laughs) in a land where honestly, like you, you don't see anyone who Mm -hmm, looks like mm -hmm. you in media. You don't see anyone who looks like you in Mm -hmm. social media, fitness, magazines. You don't see what you're wanting to do in other people already. So it was so important for me Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. do that for myself. I needed to do it for myself and I wanted to do it for myself. And I think think even to this this day since I've known you, I think you do a great job um, at representing the Black community, representing yourself. Um, and also, you know, representing Thank you. these, the brands that you're affiliated with, you know, cause it's important that you also make your mark. So I think how you're striving to be also with these bigger companies that gives you a platform to be a bigger microphone for people like you. Um, and I don't mean that derogatory people like right. you, I don't, I don't mean it that way, but, um, but you understand what I'm no, saying. So I, I think totally that that's been beautiful to see too. So as we're moving through life, we're going through high school, we're with the same people as we know racism starts in the household. You know what I mean? This, this is how, this is how you're growing up. How are you being raised? What's being talked about or just purely not being talked about to where you as a kid might just be learning from your shit asshole friend at school. Um, you know, so how can we work that? So yes, you went to school with the same people, but did you see any of them evolve into a different person who might've been a friend of yours before, um, but almost distance themselves growing up? Did you experience that at all? I want to say yes, because I I was a friend to everyone. I knew who everyone was. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew who Libby was, and that was great. Um, but I do still only have a few friends that I keep in contact mm-hmm. with from school and from college. And, I mean, you can, like, Facebook is literally, like, crazy because – you fin- you friend these people on Facebook when you're <laughs> yeah. 12 years old and you are not even legally allowed to have a you Facebook, lie. so you fake the age and every time it tells you it's your birthday you're, you're like, literally I'm like 40 four years year. older than you actually are <laughs> like yeah literally like wow you age so gracefully but on Facebook it's like mm-hmm. a, a weapon literally you see people's true colors because I don't know why on oh, Facebook, they don't give a people fuck just want to share <laughs> yeah. their thoughts yeah, and the people that you thought really supported you, some of them are mm-hmm, turned mm-hmm. upside down, okay? It's insane to see, and it's like yeah. you don't want to interact with it because uh-huh. you don't want to feed into their negativity, but it's like you also 
want to open their eyes and to open their hearts to learn more right, about right. what it's like to be you and how they might be able to maybe disagree on some things but agree with you wow. on others. So I've definitely seen just a lot change. of people right, right. show their true colors. Right. Yeah, I mean, just shit, my mom always told me, you know, you are yeah. you are your closest friends. And so, and, and I don't even care yes. if that means your closest friends are your cousins or your closest friends is, you know, just maybe your husband and your now kid, you know, who are you guys together as an environment? That's who you are and that's what you breed. Um, and right. so, you know, lucky for me, exactly. I grew up with my, I had two white parents, you know, my, my dad's a little Mexican just to throw a little dab in there, but <laughs> he, we grew up <laughs> and when I was about nine years old, my mom left my dad for a black man. This is, this is 2005. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, when I all of a sudden have a black in my dimension, he is also a cop. When I have a black cop come pick me up from school in 2005, mm -hmm. not only am a, I getting in the back of a fucking cop car leaving school. Um, but B I, <laughs> at, at this time I'm in fifth grade. So I'm what around 10, nine years old. I'm being picked up by someone black in a white school um, with maybe a, a few people of color here and there. So I didn't go to a very diverse school. Right. And so during that time, I remember just being like, why is everyone staring at me? What's what's going on? I don't understand. Um, because luckily I was then allowed to almost be raised in this double life. I understand having two white parents. And then I also got to see what it feels like to see an interracial couple um, and then have my half brother who's also, Correct. you know, he, he is the cutest the little cutest shit, thing um, I've ever but seen. seeing him now and picturing him <laughs> grow up, et cetera. I just think these are such important conversations. And even I'm having, um, a problem. I shouldn't say a problem, but how do I consult my brother? So if you were to look back at your almost 13 year old self, that's where my brother is right now. Can you recollect on any of those times being, mm -hmm. I believe you'd put you at like sixth grade going into seventh, how did you feel during that time? Did you understand mm -hmm. the difference in your color? Were you treated differently? Do you have any shed of, of light of even how to bring that conversation up? Mm -hmm. And this could go for anyone, you know, anyone who has half brothers or siblings or just yeah. siblings, period. Yes. Okay. When it's, it's such a weird time because mm -hmm. you're just learning so much about yourself. And for me in the time when I was younger, my sister and dad, they had moved all around the country because our our family therapist believed that it was in our best safety and it was best for us at that time okay. to split us up. So I spent my developmental years wow. not living with my sister. My sister and I hadn't lived together in so long. Like now she finally, she and my dad, his job moved mm -hmm. him back to closer to me. Um, so now we're being able to rekindle our relationship because when we were growing up, I can't tell you how angry we were as children, not because of like anything going on in the world, but because it was implanted in us. Like it was about, it was about time that something went off. And when you have fetal alcohol syndrome and you are a crack baby, your, your highways mm -hmm. in your brain mm -hmm. do not connect properly. So we spent a lot of time being frustrated and just crying and being angry children. Okay. And we didn't know why. Obviously my mom knew why, and she was so patient, 
but we didn't understand it. So mm-hmm. we were just angry at each other and we did not talk. We would tell people wow. we hate each other. And that's so sad to think now because oh, yeah. my sister's truly my best friend now. And it sucks that we spent like 10 years more than that, part, right? like distancing ourselves from one another. But at that same time, anytime that anyone would come for one of us, oh, you yeah. know how it is, a sister oh, bitch, bond, no. you will not tolerate it. And regardless of if you're screaming at your sister and you're sitting next to her <laughs> and you're like, bitch, I fucking hate you. But oh, somebody no. comes and says something yes. to her, you will fight that person and you won't allow it. So it was weird to, you know, like have such a distance between us, but we still like, we knew in our hearts that we we're so mm-hmm. bonded. We're literally That's twins. Crazy. We shared a freaking wound. <laughs> like how close can you be? It's weird that it took that long to come together and to understand that. And we haven't even had to Uh acknowledge that all of this time because it's just happened organically. But in that time, I'm just, Mm -hmm. I, I was alone and she was alone and she had her own experiences at 12 and 13 that were horrendous. Like she went to Mm. live in Chicago. That's much different than Wichita, Kansas, Mm -hmm. which is a predominantly white place. Like my sister, we were just alone. And mm-hmm. we were trying to figure out things on our own. And I think your brother is probably trying to figure out things on his own too. Because when you don't have like mm-hmm. your twin with you 24-7, then it's like, right. I just don't know what to do. And it's really a big okay. time of discovery about yourself, about the people around you. You find out who is supporting you and who has mm-hmm. slick things to say about you and just nitpicky things. But it's so important for his family and you guys. I'm sure of it that you guys instill so much power into him Mm -hmm. as a young man, a young black man in this world, especially right now. Like it Mm -hmm. is so important for that to happen. And I think that it takes a little bit of, you know, self guidance. Sometimes you can't just white people say to you, like, you know, you can Mm -hmm. want to, and it could be your family, but you are on your own in life. You have your own social security number. It's not attached to anybody else. Like you literally, you have to navigate some of that by yourself. And I'm sure right. he's going to go through so many experiences that mm-hmm. he's really hurt by. But I, I just know that he'll come out more mm-hmm. like educated and a right, bigger right. and better human from it. But I just, I think that it's yeah. self isolation sometimes. Well, shit, the world he's been in self isolation with this COVID bullshit, so he he'd be learning a lot. <laughs> yeah. Literally. Well, yeah, I Get mean, he, he is um he has the sweetest heart, and I do think you know my mom has been super patient with him, just literally as in raising a boy. Like holy shit. Um, but you know he, I just I just want to be able to be open for him, and I know coming from your white sister talking about racism, you know, it's just like. I, uh, I, I understand, I understand. Mm -hmm. I can't relate, but Uh here's what I know and how I've educated myself. Um, you know, I just want to also ensure that he has a safe place to come home and be like, you know what, these white fuckers killed me. You know, they, they made fun of me today for this. this. And I'm like, okay, here's first off, what the fuck are their names? Let me, (laughs) where are their parents? Let me know. Um, what is their address? (laughs) But second, you know, why are they saying these things? I want him to know before it happens you know what I mean I want him to know that there's cruel ass people out there before it happens and luckily he is in a different school system 
than we were um, at his age. So, you know, he has a, a beautiful, mm-hmm. diverse school. And I mean, we we're very, very lucky for that. Um, right. But I didn't get there till I was in high school. Like I didn't get to the school system. He's in there now. Um, so exactly. I grew up in this, you know, hundred hundred. It needs to start earlier. Like these things have to be, Absolutely. we need to be so multicolored mm-hmm. and multicultural as yeah. soon as we yeah. pop out of the womb. Like it has to be around us. There, there Absolutely. needs to be Absolutely. black doctors, Indian doctors, Hispanic doctors. And I mean, you are a product of your environment. People. So if you're, if you're seeing nothing but white, don't yes. fucking tell me I don't see color, bitch. You see white, you know? So like, let's talk about that. Um, exactly. You know, so, okay, here we are. We understand where you've come from, which is just fucking a beautiful story. Let me, let me just mention that. I'm so glad you get um, the platform right now to just like speak openly about it. It's what I love about podcasting. You can just like not shut up and people don't care. Love that. Um, so here we are modern day (laughs) George Floyd happens. Um, you know, this sparks the, the biggest movement in history. And I would say, because it covers all 50 States, like all 50 States are in on this one movement right now, yes. um, which has now brought up the injustices of other cases, et cetera. What were your immediate feelings when you saw this occur? How, like at being a person of color in the black community, what did you feel? Because I can't, I can't experience the same exact core feelings. Um, but I want other people to understand how it feels coming from that community. It, it hurts so badly to see someone that looks like you that has gone through similar things in life as you to Mm -hmm. be harmed by the Mm -hmm. hands of another human being. I said this before, we are literally all Mm -hmm. one race. That's the human race. Why are we hurting each other? Why are we doing it verbally? Why are we doing it Mm -hmm. physically? Why are we Mm -hmm. doing it emotionally or at all? Like I can't, I literally yeah. Even with the run for a mod, to see two white supremacists shoot this innocent black man for going on his daily run, and I know we value oh, fitness yeah. so fucking much. Like, how could you I even can- imagine going to the gym or going outside for a walk and you are blindsided by people yeah, that that's hate you because of up, what which you look also- like? Uh, might I mention his trial um, was today? Um, so great things happening, but I totally agree. So when you felt that pain, um, you know, you, you went to social media, I would pretty much say immediately, you know, to, to speak on it. Yeah. What were, did you get any feedback? Did you get any people questioning why you so upset? You know, and I'm only just throwing the worst out there because you get the dumbest right, motherfuckers right. in your DMS. Um, you know, how, how was it? How was that? Honestly, yeah. I don't want to call it repercussion. What was the feedback that you received from sharing, um, you know, all of these things going forward after that event? Honestly, I am so happy that my platform is a positive place and I very rarely get hate, but of course there's those people that you just block immediately that just have stupid things to say or they'll just like mm-hmm. message you the Oh my god, that's disgusting. And that's it. And you're like, uh, okay, Phil, please stop. <laughs> no shade to all Phil's out there. I love Uncle Phil, don't get me wrong. But like, what is your reason for this? Right. You're wanting to hurt somebody. Right. For what reason? And when I went to social media, I hopped on and shared what was going on. And there was a very positive response 
from me speaking out because people want to see the person 100%. that they look up to speak out about the things that are happening to them. It doesn't matter if if a model is white, like I'm sure the white community would reach out mm-hmm, and say thank mm-hmm. you for sharing this. It like I just felt in my gut I had to bring awareness because I was not given a platform. I grew a platform of people who supported me and if you if you think differently about <laughs> murder <laughs> for no reason, right. please do not follow me. But like I mm-hmm. I hopped on my platform immediately and on uh the t- what it was it mm-hmm. when we did the run for a mod, I just felt like I needed to share mm-hmm. the reason that I was doing this with people because 100%. people weren't educated and I had so many responses from people saying mm-hmm. I had no idea this even happened thank you for shedding light on it I don't watch the news 100%. because right now it's all coronavirus okay yeah. now it's obviously changed a little bit but at that time it was infiltrated mm-hmm. with people's opinions and mm-hmm. what to do and it, it was scary because we are living in such a scary place right now so many people didn't even watch right. the news to see this and that on top 100%. of the news filtering things yeah. out they don't want you to see it So it felt like I was the only news source for people and it still feels like that. And I think that's why over the past couple of weeks, I've just said everything on my platform because people need to know. I don't know where they're getting other information or if they are, but I just feel it's it's so right for us to use our platforms to bring awareness to these things. And I sat down and I explained what had happened and I explained why I'm going on a run. And after I went on my run, First of all, one of the most empowering things in my life, but also so sad to think that I was running at the pace of Ahmad and he was Mm -hmm. killed and attacked. But I shared on my story, I, I am a black female in America, but I am also a light skinned Mm -hmm. female in America. And with that, although society sees me as black and they don't see me as as much of a threat Mm -hmm. to someone who is darker than me. Like they mm-hmm. still see me as black, but with my light skin, I do. Oh, have that's more so privilege. fucked up. And I, I felt that it was so mm-hmm. I exactly. I felt that it was so important for me to 100%. bring that to people's attention. I know I'm aware if I was darker, my life would wow. have been so much different. And that's mm-hmm. so sad to think about. Um, If I was lighter and if I was mm-hmm. white passing, like my niece, who is 25%, if that she's 25% black because we are half black and her biological oh. father is blonde hair, <laughs> white boy. Yeah, like, absolutely. you know, mm-hmm. like she is white passing yes. and that's what people mean by that. So I just question like, what is it going to be like for Mason to grow up and for her to say, I'm black and people are like, you're yeah. not black uh, enough. Hundred, yes. Why isn't yes. it enough for you? Um, yeah. And I think why that's that is infuriating. That's me. empowering because again, it does show to you as a black woman can also say, I have privilege, right? You can still recognize that. Yes. Um, and I, that is so powerful. I've, I've, yes. In comparison to men. No, 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 you know, you're fine. Sorry for interrupting you, but my boyfriend, JJ is a he big, sure is. strong He's black a man. big He's boy. <laughs> Literally a D lineman. Like he played football forever. And it, it just crumbles me inside to know that people see yeah. him as a threat we literally went out to eat the other night and you know how they have the little bars set up and whatnot people are sitting outside Mm -hmm. I live in a white community and of course it's a college town and when school is in session there are Mm -hmm. people that look like us but it's crazy because JJ sat down and he said do you see how they're looking at me 
And I said, JJ, I know they look at you all the time, you're huge. <laughs> but at the same like, yeah. you, you are causing a ruckus by being a big boy. But he said, no, they're like mm. looking at me in my eyes. And I said, JJ, with everything that's going on, I think they're trying to uh-huh. see some humanity mm-hmm. in you. I think they're trying to see the soul that sits within you, that you like, yeah. that you are a human too. And everything that's going on, people are not mm-hmm. stupid. They know what's going on. And I told him, like, I think people just want to see you for a human. They want to look into your eyes yeah. and to know that you're a good person. Because I don't think every single yeah, white not. person is racist. I don't think every mm-hmm. person is racist by any means. But I think that a lot of times people yeah. are closed yeah. off to people. I mean, not color, even intentionally. And yeah. they didn't want to look them in the eyes because they felt threatened or mm-hmm. intimidated by them. And I'm like, dude, right, they're just trying right. to see the life within you. And I, yeah, I no, that's, that's what I think in my heart. Yeah. I you know, know you'll have the assholes too, general, but I do but... think that that's, that's a pure and beautiful way to yeah. also think about it. So I commend you for that. Um, so Thank with you. all of this, you're, you're on social media, you're promoting your platform. You're also a part of companies. You're a part of, um, big people that yeah. have big responsibility. Um, you know, we're, I mean, we're talking Very from true. fucking Lego all the way to Ben and Jerry's. I mean, everyone is putting out statements right now. Yes. In a very powerful and effective manner. How do you how do you feel companies? So. Um, you can start with your own and then just maybe expand on other companies. How do you feel mm-hmm. their response was? Did you expect something certain in your mind? You know, did, were you just pleased to see someone speak up? Like, where was your mindset there? Because I, I don't know where I would have been, you know, in that immediate, where the fuck, you know, I'm supposed to be supported by these people. How did that feel? Right. So when all of this first happened and people started speaking out, um, my best friend, Ajazi, who is also on the team of Gymshark and Alani, we always mm-hmm. have conversations about this stuff. And Ajazi Which is, is a Vietnamese be- she and is black. beautiful, by okay? the way. God she's damn. gone through, oh my gosh, <laughs> she's one of the most beautiful people I've ever seen in my life. But she has gone through her own like mm-hmm. identity yeah. crisis. That's what it is. When you're growing up and you don't know like which side are you but for me I was on like mm-hmm. I don't even know because my parents are white like I don't know what this means I went through multiple crises like mm-hmm. trying to figure out who I am inside and who I am right. like who I want to be but I spoke with the Jazzy about it multiple times and we just felt like we can't stay silent about this. We thought this from the start. We've been sharing things like right. crazy even before all of this mm-hmm. about Breonna Taylor and Ahmad and obviously yeah. like Trayvon Martin, all of this stuff, the racial injustice and the prejudice that goes on. These mm-hmm. are our daily conversations. And when people and companies started posting, we felt like mm-hmm. it is your obligation as a company who has people of color that are your supporters and your customers to lend that message to them and to let them know that they are backed by you and that you support them regardless. It doesn't matter if you're the only one doing it and Mm -hmm. if you're before Mm -hmm. everybody else. It needs to be done as soon as possible. And for us, being on the Gymshark team, we were Mm -hmm. a little bit skeptical. We were a little bit scared because we were like, why haven't we said anything yet? And we took a step back and we were like, I don't know why it's Mm -hmm. taking people this long, Mm -hmm. this many hours. But once Gymshark made a statement, Mm -hmm. we were so relieved 
But before that, we were a little concerned because if they did not have our backs and they did not want to present a message or to represent us as their athletes, we were going to have second thoughts. And I honestly can admit that. And I know a lot Mm -hmm. of people are leaving companies right now. They had second Mm -hmm. thoughts and they acted on them. But I am just so thankful and grateful that Gymshark Mm -hmm. and Alani, they stepped up very, very quickly. And they made it known that regardless, they support the Black Lives Matter Mm -hmm. movement. They support us as athletes. They support people talking about this because it needs to be addressed. But I think that some Mm -hmm. people fell short of that. And I understand that a lot of people had to take time to educate themselves before making a statement. But the statement is very simple. Yeah, Black Lives Matter. It shouldn't take that long. And I think that's where I personally drew the line is number one, in my opinion, as a big company, I'm I'm talking like you have a platform of fucking millions, all right? As a big company, you don't have time to think on a post, you know? Okay, let me fucking articulate my paragraph post. You don't have time when you reach that many people. You know, you need to get the word out just as fast as the fucking news for all I care. Um, and for people to say that they needed time to educate themselves is a fucking fluff, in my opinion. You know, you said it yourself. Black lives right. matter. Yeah, you you've seen there, racism. There's you no, should know it's wrong at this there's point. There's no say um, something about let it. Let me fucking figure out which side of the fence I'm on. Um, there's no thinking about let me get a legal team together and draw up a statement. There's no shit that needs to be said like that. It's immediately get on. Um, and I think what killed me is I saw certain companies not 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 only not take action immediately, but they felt as if their stories were enough. Mm-hmm. Let me just throw a quick story on. And just like wipe it under the rug for a few Please. days. Let, let me Please, just like let try me just it. throw a fucking black screen up with some white letters, and I'll get to the rest of it later. That's what killed me. Be- don't be yeah. no, 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 no. Don't, don't be dismissive because and don't be I just believe in this time an in feed post. And I know it sounds stupid. Oh, you're in feed, bro. This is social media. Get over it. And an in feed, an in feed yes, post is that, very dude. fucking powerful, especially when you could then trend, you could then go viral, you could use the certain hashtags where then are going to get a ton more views than a story, um, etc. Uh, you know, put a call to action, view our story for links, view our whatever it might be. I just saw such a lack of that, and I don't think yes. that there's an excuse for that because you need to have processes in place to support your fucking customers. It, yes. y- you need, p- you a need number, PR number one. Yeah, you need, all, a, you need some that. people need some better PR teams, but um, that's just where I like really <sighs> hurt for the community from an outsider of just a part of companies, including one that didn't step up itself. You know, it's like, we need to, we need to hold them accountable and I don't yes. care what color your skin is in that, in that instance hold a company fucking accountable for the rest of everyone else. Yes, because for people of color to see the silence and to Mm -hmm. witness the silence, it just feels like, why don't you care about me? I've given you my money. I've given you my support. Mm -hmm. I've helped to pay your bills. Why can't you say it? Why Mm -hmm. can't you say the words Black Lives Matter? Does it embarrass you? Like, are you embarrassed to have a following that is black? It just feels like a direct hit. Like, 
if you can't speak up for me, then mm-hmm. please stay silent, but don't show this mm-hmm. fake love. I understand. I totally right. understand people have taken their time to educate mm-hmm. themselves off of social media. And I'm so happy about that. And I want nothing but for people to educate themselves and to speak out and to bring awareness to everything that's going on. But mm-hmm. it's like, why? Why does yeah. it take so long for you to say one thing? Just say one thing. That's fine. Stand with us. Go educate yourself and come back. Right, with some right, right. But like, just say something first, please. bro. Like, you don't need to be educated to take the stand. But then right. go behind the scenes and do what you got to do. Wow. Well, I'm right. I'm. I know. I, and I agree. I'm glad to see though companies, um, coming forward and admitting their faults. Um, I would, I would comfortably say, I think a lot of them, no one meant it, at least most, (laughs) most companies, no one meant it out of being racist. And I I truly believe that. I don't think a lot of owners out there are just pure racist. Like I, (laughs) I don't think it's the intention. Um, but it's just the lack of urgency that hurt a lot of people. That's what it comes down to yes. is how fast are you to act and just put out literally, like you said, fucking three words, black lives matter. You know, not, not all lives, not cops lives. Right. No offense. This bitch, this, this Please is don't not try the, to pull the, all this is not the battle. And that, brain. and I educated myself on that this week. Um, I, in my head, I pictured all lives matter and I said it in a hashtag. So I just like added it on the end of my post. Right. Someone mm-hmm. called me out and just said, hey, like, I love the intention of this post. Would you mind removing All Lives Matter? And I, and I just said, you know, would you, right. would you mind expanding this? I, I'm just thinking of all, you know, I'm talking um, people of, you know, Arabic descent, Jews, um, it, you know, all these other people who have gone through genocides and discrimination. Yes. That's where my intention was, right? Then being educated on where the origin of that hashtag came from while also again having an open and loving conversation to do that yeah and hold be held accountable that's that's the goal too right if you're a company put out something bad not bad but like it, be called out on it and be open to yes. fucking learn and then edit your fucking post you know like whatever um but again i just think that it, it was such a crazy time this week to really see where where the awareness was yes um, and, and that's spoke so, volumes like, to me it's important to know who you're supporting i keep saying this support the people oh, yeah. support the community oh, yeah. support the businesses who support you like because if you are silent you are complicit mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and by doing that you are siding with the side of oppressors yep. and when people say mm-hmm. all lives matter mm-hmm. they fucking do they really really do yeah. Yep. Bitch, it we know be that. That's something that's that we have dumb. to justify <laughs> to say. the Black Lives Matter movement meaning and going in depth about like mm-hmm. ugh, all of these little doodles to have to explain to people what's going on. I'm happy that they're right. out there and I'm happy that they have helped to educate people. But oh my goodness, that's not what this is about. Please don't yes. make it about yourself. Right. Right. And I think that's where, um, a lot of education has taken place this week is okay. It's, it's not about me. How can I, Yeah, I've been saying pass the mic. How can I pass the mic to someone who fucking needs it right now? Um, you know, I can share as much as I want, but how can I also share the words of people, um, in a better position to explain than I am, you know, um, 
And so it, it's been cool though, to also see the camaraderie and, uh, people collaborating yeah. and sharing and, um, other people being able to even, you know, gain the exposure of what could be just right. pushed down on a social media platform. Um, so it's, it's been a pretty cool thing to also watch yeah. while it's been I mean, so beauty sad and, and tragic. Always. And I hope that, yeah, I hope 100%. that it's all about how you there, see it. And I hope people do start speaking up more and sharing resources and tools and helping to educate their following because mm -hmm. they were probably ignorant before, not in a bad way. Just you literally didn't have the information. And like we said, it starts at home. If yeah. you're, you're not speaking up about it at home, it's so it hard to confidently speak on something when you're not educated about it. I understand that. Right. Absolutely. And I think um, that if anything, this has empowered a lot of people outside of the black community to go, you know what, I can still help and I can still impact yes. with the right intent behind it. And it's, it's, you know, if anything, I, I am a white woman and bro <laughs> have been my whole life. Can't change that. But I have also felt so much power this week, being able to give power to others. And it just goes to show like being kind is. is just the fucking move, you know, like it makes you feel good. You can help for a cause that is so important right now. Um, and, and just stand together unity. That's exactly in what unity. And that is just, that is just like so cool to feel. So I, I fucking love that. Granted, terrible circumstances right. to allow this to come out, you know, rest in peace, George Floyd and all the others yeah. on the fucking long ass list. Um, but, but let there be a huge ass change come oh from this gosh. in our political please offices vote, all around the nation um <laughs> and in the government please please we fucking can vote that is the biggest petition that we want and we can voice ourselves on social media as much as we want but until we get that petition into the hands of somebody who gives a fuck things won't change it is so important i know people Absolutely. say the electoral college doesn't matter like things are going to be swayed but please know that your voice <laughs> it matters right. because the whole reason that Ahmad's murder mm -hmm. came up was because social media exploited it to where it was. And that's why these men were uh -huh. charged. Like Exposed. Oh, I, it right, means so right. much to use your voice. Yeah, well, it, it, it does. And we yes. all have that freedom in America to vote. How beautiful that we have that. So let's fucking use it. I myself, I'm talking to myself right. too. You know, let's get to the polls. Let's who figure out what we need to do. Let's be more educated in politics. Who are candidates? How can we also further the generation um, ahead of us to continue to educate them? Because I'm sorry, but I think our education Very system flawed. is also fucking failing them. Um, so hopefully we can, again, change can occur and just trinkle down to multiple facets all over. Um, but to kind of wrap this up, I think number one, this is, this podcast was dope. I hope that these people are at this point and they're like, Oh my God, I want to keep listening. Cause I'm at like the point where I want to keep talking, but <laughs> I want to make sure that this is also an efficient right. you know, call to action for these people. So, you know, yourself, you've shared a lot. I know you also have a highlight on your Instagram that I'm going to link in the um, <laughs> show notes here. Probably going to be also, more. I, I, you, okay. So you have quite a few highlights, which is going to be super beneficial to many people. Um, I put your, in the show notes below guys, you can read. I have Libby's Instagram, which again, you can find those highlights. My Instagram, you can find my highlight. I have 
petitions that you can sign links there. I have links of resource, um, for other additional, yes. you know, jail bonds, uh, et cetera. I mean, everything you can think. I have a YouTube video in there linked guys. If you can't donate with money, watch the fucking YouTube video 500 let times and let the ads roll. Um, I have different, I have different Netflix series that you can also watch and educate yourself. Um, I have an awesome anti-racism resource link, um, as well as white anti-racism, um, development link. Um, also different multifacets of anti-racism resources, including books, podcasts, other documentaries elsewhere. Um, and I also linked a racial equality tool glossary. Amazing. So you can actually read and define, you know, what does oppression mean? What is anti-racism? What is white privilege? What is whatever it might be? So I think a lot of great descriptions in the show notes. Libby, do you have anything any last words, any wrap-ups, uh, words of wisdom, anything you want to just share, as well as remind them I where to find you on so social important. media. In today's day and age, to use your voice, use whatever platform you have, educate your friends, your family, because I know there are people out there in families that just don't hear them out, and they still believe that so much is wrong, um, but it's so important to use your voice mm -hmm. in any way that you can. Um, I'm donating to mm -hmm. the, what is it called? Oh, it's the Kansas city bail fund for protesters that have been arrested because when I went cool. out in Kansas city and peacefully protested, I was tear gassed three times. <laughs> we forgot to talk about that, but that's Oh my okay. God. We'll talk about it another time. Um, right. Yeah. It's another, so another podcast. to acknowledge what's going on and to take a stance. And to take action with it. But you guys, mm -hmm. I love you. Thank you, Des, for having me. <laughs> if you guys want, if you guys <laughs> of want course, to thank you whatever, for being on. I'm on Instagram primarily. My YouTube, <laughs> you just type in my name. But my Instagram is Libby Christensen. My last name, it's sometimes hard to spell C H R I S T E N S E N. I feel like I'm on the phone with the moderator. <laughs> <laughs> yes and you have yes. to say like c for Catherine, for nancy h for hank <laughs> we we hate that uh, well thank you so much libby for being on i'm excited to get this first little kind of like mini series episode out thank you for being yeah. vulnerable as well and sharing your story i know sometimes it can be for, for some sure. people, it can be very triggering to think and kind of have those memories come up and just be like, fuck, I was there once, but you are fucking strong. Um, I'm so excited to also kind of just have gotten yeah. even to know you a little bit more. Um, so I'm excited also for our friendship to keep growing, our my allyship to you to continue. Um, so, you know, I'm here for you. I hope the rest of the audience here is going to go <laughs> check you the fuck out um, and be able to, again, continue to support in just whatever way we can. You know, we're all humans. We're a part of that. Like you said, the human race, love one another, respect one another, Absolutely. all the above, peace, love, <laughs> joints, mimosas, whatever makes you feel good. Happy Sunday, <laughs> Happy Sunday bitches. Um, I hope that, I hope that you guys enjoyed the podcast again. If you guys really like this, um, make sure you leave this podcast on Apple Podcasts, a five-star review. Um, you can chime a little comment down if you want. And if you're on Spotify, 
please just ensure today that you take a second, share this message with someone, share this series with someone, share it to your Instagram stories, tag myself, tag Libby so we can share you guys listening, um, swipe it up, whatever you can do. But thank you for being here. Thank, thank you, you again, Libby, me. for being on. And we'll see you guys. <laughs> You're so welcome. See you guys next well, Sunday for episode you. two. Mm-hmm.